Thanks for joining us at Warehouse Church. We would love for you to stay connected, and a great way for you to do that is to simply subscribe to this podcast. You can also stay connected throughout the week by checking out our website, warehousechurch.com, or by visiting our Facebook or Instagram pages. From wherever you are listening, we hope that you are encouraged by this week's message. Good morning, Warehouse Church. Good morning. Great crowd this morning. We're so glad to see you uh, in the auditorium today. We really want to welcome our folks online as well. We're glad that you're with us today. Tell somebody you're glad to see them that's sitting near you. Would you do that? I'm glad to see you. It's good to be here today. We're going to have a good time after church today with a trunk or treat. Listen, whether you have kids or not, whether you have a trunk or not, stay after just so you can talk to some people outside in the fresh air. It'll be a very, very nice time. If you, if you don't think you've come prepared, don't worry about it. There's enough stuff for everybody that's here, and we're just going to have a good time visiting with one another and uh, just talking about today, talking about our kids. You know, this is a really, really, really super-duper weird weekend and weird week. Would you agree with that? Amen. Would you agree with that? Last night, we had a full moon. Did anybody know we had a full moon last night? Last night was also Time Change Sunday, right? Yeah. Last night was also Halloween. Yeah. And today, the Eagles play the Cowboys, right? So yeah. it's just a lot of weird stuff. <laughs> and then Tuesday happens. You know the best thing about Tuesday that's going to happen? Wednesday commercials will be different. Somebody say amen to that. You can go back and watch a regular TV. That's the great thing about Netflix and the streaming shows. No commercials. Love, 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 love that. Hey, I want to talk to you about what's going to happen this week today. And I'm really excited to talk to you about it. I call my message this. The absolute 10 best things that can happen this Tuesday. So if you have any doubt whatsoever, yes, I'm going to talk about the election, and I promise you I'm not going to make anybody mad today. Somebody say amen. Amen. A few years ago, um, my friend Andy, who's running for mayor this week, so pray for him, in New Hope, correct, Andy? Running for mayor in New Hope. Let's give Andy a big hand. Andy wants to make New Hope great again. So anyway, uh, now that's not his slogan. But... um, some of you may know, and Andy tells me this all the time, he says, Ed, you know, you're in Dallas, you got to stop talking about the Philadelphia Eagles so much. And he rebukes me on that, right? And I accept that from an elder in our church who's much, much older than me, so I'm okay with that. But uh, I want to give you a little story that happened to me. It was a very uh, eye-opening experience that happened to me, yes, at an Eagles game a few years ago. It was 2010. The Eagles were playing the Packers. If you don't care, raise your hand in the air, okay? I understand. Michael Vick was the quarterback. There is a prison. We don't call it a prison in Philadelphia in the stadiums, but there really is one. It's just a room with a bar's door that locks if somebody's a little naughty, okay? And they take them down there during the game. But during the game, I was sitting all the way up in the section where people get in a lot of trouble uh, the top section, that's the only tickets we could afford. Me and my brother-in-law, Brian, went to this game. It was super, super cold outside. It was like 15 degrees. The wind was blowing. And to, and to think about the mentality of somebody that would sit outside for three hours in the upper level where the wind is blowing really, really fast to watch a football game. That person has problems, okay? And I, I'm, see, I'm, I'm in extreme therapy right now to kind of get through some of this stuff, Okay. Well, we're watching this game, and there was a, there was a, a group of guys that came up, 
It was a grandpa, two of his sons, and one, and, and, and the two sons of the grandfather brought their two kids too. There was five of them. So you had two grandkids, 10 or 12 years old, two sons, probably about my age, and a grandpa, probably in the 70s. And they were head to toe in Green Bay Packers stuff. They had the cheese head on. Is there any Green Bay Packers fans in here this morning? There's a couple, okay. We love you. We love you. It's all nothing but love. Um, so they, were, they had their cheese heads on. We're in the top section. They were sitting right behind me. And we started talking. We, we were just having a good time. Where are y'all from? Oh, we live about three blocks away from the stadium. Season ticket holders for years. This, this, and I said, oh, my dad's had season tickets ever since I was born. We just had a great time talking. And I want you to hear what I'm going to say right now, because this is hard for me to say this, okay? So I really need your attention. You ready? Yep. Four or five stupid, drunk, idiotic Philadelphia Eagle fans. Ugh, it hurts to say that. That were sitting, yeah, surprise, Jack, right? That were sitting behind these Packers fans were dropping every nasty word you could imagine. Go home, you blanky, blank, blank, blank. I learned new cuss words that day. I'm from Philadelphia, okay? Screaming and yelling at them. And I got, I mean, it just went all, and it just went all over me. So I stood up, stepped over the Green Bay Packers fans. The guys were like, don't, 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 don't do it. I, I was just mad about it. I said, you guys shut up, because you're making us look bad. Because not every Eagles fan was a drunken, stupid idiot that day. I wonder how many people see that about us when we talk about our politics. Mm. Now it's really quiet. Yeah. Let's talk about dumb Philly stuff again. Right? So, <laughs> so this morning, right? I want to ask you some questions. Now, we're going right into the Word of God. We're going to talk out of 1 John chapter 4. I'm going to read that for you in just a second. But I want to give you some. I just want to provoke you a little bit with four or five questions before we start this kind of as we get into the scripture this morning. And I want you to look inside, listen, look inside your heart and be honest. And when you look inside your heart and be honest, you don't have to say, oh, that's me. I'm, I'm not asking you, I'm not asking you to make, you know, to, to, I'm not embarrassing anybody this morning. I'm not saying this to make me feel, to, for me to make you feel bad about anything that you feel politically. But what I do want you to do is just look inside of your heart and be honest with yourself, okay? Answer these questions. Number one, what happens if the candidate you support does not win on Tuesday? Oh no. Okay, just what happens? <laughs> just I want you to think. I just want you to I just want you to analyze that inside your heart this morning. What happens if that happens? Number two. This is a good one. Is can you help me with this over here, please? <laughs> Number two. Is your argument on who you are voting for based more on who you're not voting for? You went, huh? Just, if you didn't get it, just don't worry about it. But just think about that. Number three. This is big. What do you talk more about? Your political views or your personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Amen. That's good. Number four. And I saw this this week, and this was, Kim and I were kind of laughing at this. Do you put signs in your yard supporting your candidate? So that you can show that you're supporting that candidate or to speak your mind to your other neighbors who have different signs up. We were we were in I don't even in, in the in the Richie Rich part of Dallas, right? We were Kim and I sometimes do some we do some Amazon driving. We have a wedding coming up in February, so we're doing all kinds of little stuff to help that thing get going, aren't we, baby? 
So we were, and, and there, was, there was two houses, right? One house had their whatever party, whomever they represent, and the other house had the other party there, right? Notice I'm not saying names, right? That's intentional. They weren't facing the street. The signs were facing each other. <laughs> so the only people that could see the inside of the sign was something like super skinny, like my wife, they could kind of squeeze in there and go like this and then turn around and see the other side because you couldn't see the opposing signs. They weren't putting their signs up to support their candidates. They were putting their signs up to say, I don't like who you support, neighbor. That's right. They were. Yeah. Do you do that? Yeah. Okay. Number, number four, five. Will you be up, don't, don't answer this out loud, Chris. Don't answer this out loud, okay? Will you be upset or angry if your candidate loses? Now, now, these are some things we're going to consider, listen, church, in light of 1 John chapter 4. So let me get right in and read that to you this morning, okay? God's inspired, holy, relevant, we need this for today, word says this. Dear friends, don't believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because... Many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. If somebody is saying they're talking about spiritual things or biblical things, and they want to leave Jesus out of it, it has nothing to do with what God wants you to have. That's what this, what this verse is saying. It's centered on Jesus Christ. Our Christianity is because of God's Son, Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. Okay? So this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming, and now is probably already in this world. You, dear children, are from God. You've overcome them. Because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. They are from the world, and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world, and the world listens to them. We're from God, and whoever knows God listens to this. But whoever is not of God does not listen to us. This is how we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. Then we have 1 John 4, 7, 8. Great song that I've been banned to sing to you this morning. It's a great song. Dear friends, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed us his, his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not, not that we love God, but that he loved us. And he sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in him and he lives in us. Because he, he has given us the spirit, and, he, and we have seen and testified that the Father has seen his Son to be the Savior of the world. If anybody acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them, and they in God, and so we know and rely on the love that God has for us. Man, that's just great two verses right there. Because over and over and over again, we've been reading throughout this book, God wants you to know. God wants you to be sure. God wants you to understand. He wants you to grasp onto the fact. He doesn't ever want you to doubt him. He's never going to let you go, as they sang in that song earlier. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God, and God in them. This is how we will have the confidence on the day of judgment. 
In this world, we're like Jesus. There's no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to God, whoever claims to love God, but hates his brother or sister is a liar. That's pretty strong, isn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you say that you love God, but you hate your brother or sister, the Bible says that you're a liar. For whoever does not love their brother or sister whom they have seen, they can't love God whom they've not seen. And, he, and he's given us this command. Anybody who loves God must also love their brother or sister. Man, that is just some just beautiful, beautiful things out of God's word this morning for us to understand about the, the assurance God wants to give us, commands he gives us to prove his love, it's not that we love him, it's but that he loved us first. I mean, all kind of beautiful, wonderful things that, that give value and strength and assurance to the relationship that God provided to us through his son, Jesus Christ. And when we think about that relationship God has, has, has provided for you and us to have in our Lord Jesus Christ, why do we get so upset about political stuff? Because aren't we putting our faith into something a lot bigger? Listen, I am a flag-flying uh, American. Amer I love being American. We live in the greatest country in the world. We're very, very, very blessed. Amen. And I feel very privileged uh, that, that I have family members that have died for our country. Very, very privileged. And people that I know that have served. And we have some vets in our service this morning, all over this room. We're thankful for them. And we honor them this morning. But I want you to understand something. When you walk through those pearly gates someday, hopefully you have a relationship with the Lord Jesus, and that's your life. Please do not expect to see an American flag when you walk through there. Because a lot of people kind of feel that that's the way that it is. I want to give you the 10 absolute best thing that can happen this Tuesday. Here's number one. You said 10. When's Trump or Treat starting at 2? Listen, don't worry. The football game's not until 7.30 tonight. So it's all good. Now, I'm going to get through this quick with you, I promise. The absolute 10 best things that can happen this Tuesday. Number one. The, one of the best things, it's not listed in any specific order, but one of the best things that can happen this Tuesday is that people will see God's love in and through you. That's good. Listen, I, whoever you're voting for, you vote your biblical convictions. You do... You, you see things the way that you need to see. Listen, the Bible doesn't change. God doesn't change. I, I'm not here to tell you who to vote for, who to not to vote for. Just make sure it's lining up with the Bible, not just your feelings, because our feelings betray us. But listen, if whoever wins or doesn't win, don't get on Facebook airport and say, ha, gotcha, suckers, blah, 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 blah. We're not going to be this. We're not this. And, and, and throw all this yucky hate. The most important thing that people see in your life is that Jesus Christ is real and true in your life. And you demonstrate that to people. Amen. People will see God's love in and through you. That's one of the best things that can happen on Tuesday. 1 John 4, 8 says, Whoever does not love doesn't know God. Whoever does not love does not know God. Does that, does that need a whole lot of explanation? Right? Because God is love. 1 John 4, 16. So we know and rely on the love that God has 
Because God is love. Whoever lives or dwells in the love of God lives in God and God in them. Here's number two. Loving God, and then he says this all throughout Scripture. The Old Testament, Jesus repeats it, and it's repeated in this passage here. Loving God and loving others is inseparable. He very clearly, you can't hate your brother and sister and say that you love God. That cannot coexist. That cannot coexist. People need to see that in our lives. Not just on Tuesday, but every day of the week. Number three, loving each other fulfills the law. This is a great, this, I'm going to read this for you real quick in Romans chapter 13. It says, let no doubt, let no debt remain outstanding. That's a good word. Except the continuing debt that we have, you ready church, to love one another. Just pay your bills, is what the Bible says here. Make sure you're paying all your bills. Say amen. Right? Pay your bills. But then it also says the debt that you have in your life that God wants you to understand that you carry is the debt to love everybody. Is that debt to everybody? No, that debt's to God. Right? Except the controlling, the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves others fulfills the law. And then, then the author, Paul, says this. Some of the commandments are the commandments. He, starts, he mentions a couple commandments here. You should not commit adultery. Don't murder. Don't steal. Don't covet. And then he kind of gives this kind of like a, like a glaze over, like an all-encompassing statement. Right? He says a very broad, broad statement here. He says, and whatever other command there may be. He says all the rest of the commands. Right? Just, you know, he's, he's specifically referring to the Ten Commandments. And humanly speaking, he's referring to two, you know, three pretty important ones. Don't steal, don't kill, don't commit adultery. I don't think anybody would disagree with those statements, right? Or those commands, if you will. But then he says, and then all the rest of them too. He doesn't even list them out. And then he says this. They're all summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. What did the young ruler say to Jesus? I've done everything. What am I supposed to do? What are the commands? He says, here are the two commands. Every other command in my word rests on these two commands. Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbors yourself. That's the fulfillment of the law. Yeah. Amen. So it's just as important to love people as it is to love God. Because if you love God, that's the demonstration of your love to God is by loving his people. Uh, I, I talk about my grands, my kids. I've got four great daughters. Three, you know, relatively decent son-in-laws. One, okay, one that's coming into the fall this year. I have the best grandchildren that God could have given us. We're so blessed and we're so thankful for them. We love them so much. You know, if you do nice stuff for me, we're buds. I love that. I, I like to go out to lunch with people and, you know, and, and people bless me and I try to bless back too. But people have been very kind to my wife and myself. I appreciate that. We really do. We don't deserve that. But we're honored by the love that our church gives to my family. But I want you to know something. If you do something for my girls or my grandkids, I'm your bro for life. If you love my kids or you do something demonstrative for my children, I'm never going to forget that. Now think about the love that God has, right? God says love one another. When he's telling you to love one another, he's telling you to love his children. Does anybody have a sibling that they used to fight with a lot growing up? Raise your hand up. Oh, you're still growing up, and you're fighting now, girlfriend. I'm getting you right there. Yeah. Right now. Young, young person over here saying, I fight with a sibling. 
I have two brothers and a sister. My brother Joe and I uh, are very, very close. He lives in Houston. Uh, I have a brother Paul, who we're close as well, and my sister Joanne. My brother Paul and I used to fight uh, epically growing up. I remember one time my brother came up to me and he said, I hate you! And I went and punched him in the face and I said, You're not allowed to say that! You know, so it's like a total dummy, dumb, dumberton happening all the time in my house, right? And, and I, I went and I, so I was trying to be smart. I ran and told, Mom, Paul said he hates me. Paul, you shouldn't say that. He comes in the room like his nose is bleeding. And, you know, Paul was forgiven instantly and I had the spirit of God. Uh, of, of thunder, you know, blessed me in my hind end by my mother that day. But um, it's funny that you think about that. You know, parents will say, you guys need to love each other. You need to stop fighting so much and love one another. That's what God's saying to us. Our Father knows that where there are people, and isn't it funny? Isn't it funny that God always seems to put the craziest HTL, that means hard to love, HTL people in your life? Like there's no euphoria. There's no perfect neighborhood where every mem- everybody in that neighborhood loves each other. They're really happy when they get new cars and not jealous. They're not mad at the, at, at the different stuff they have. That, there's no perfect neighborhood that exists every, anywhere in the world. We all know that. But God's constantly reminding us, listen, I'm your father. That person that you're being mean to is one of my kids. Don't tell other people that you love me if you hate them because that doesn't work. Okay. Everybody was excited about that one. Number four, faith expresses your faith. Faith expresses itself through your love. Listen, church, the world doesn't see our faith through our politics. You know, I was somebody that went out two weeks ago on a Tuesday at 10 o'clock in the morning when nobody was in line. And like so many of my other friends and family members in this church did, I voted early. Voting early in Texas is unbelievable. We have family members that live in Delaware and Pennsylvania who wished they lived in Texas. Somebody say amen to that, right? Just for the early voting stuff. Because they're gonna go out Tuesday and they're gonna get in line and some of them will be in line for hours and hours and hours. Thank God, thank God that doesn't happen to us, right? But it's interesting when we, you know, and I did a little thing, a little Facebook thing. I voted, you know, took the little selfie picture so everybody in the whole world knew that we voted, because that was a very spiritual thing to do, right? That was very God-honoring, you know, not me elevating stuff at all. But you know, the world doesn't see our faith through our politics and rule-keeping. Galatians 5, 6, it says, for in Christ, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision, I'm not gonna get into all that, it means this, for in Christ, neither Jews or Greeks, or Jews or Gentiles, really. And they were like the opposite spectrum of the world in the way that they were brought up, their values and all that kind of stuff. And and it says, in Christ Jesus, whether you're a Jew or whether you're a Gentile, doesn't have any matter whatsoever. So I'm I'm gonna modernize that verse. I'm not gonna change scripture to meet what I'm trying to say to you, but I wanna give kind of a little bit of a maybe parable kind of a understanding of this verse to make it relevant to us today. You ready for this? For in Christ, neither Republican or Democrat has any value. For in Christ, whether you're American or Russian, doesn't have any value. For in Christ, whether you're uh, from Israel or whether you're from Iran, doesn't have any, and it doesn't have any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. 
James 2.17 says in the same way, faith by itself, is, if it's not accompanied by action, is dead. You know, what, you know what it says in another version? Faith without works is dead. What are the, the way that we love one another? Your faith doesn't mean anything if you're not sharing other people's love. Do you ever see one of them screaming angry preachers like on the street corner? You know, have you ever, has anybody ever seen that? You should, there's a, there, I think that's on YouTube right now. There's a lot of like angry yelling preachers and stuff and just people, repent! God's bringing judgment on the earth. And they're like really, really mad, you know what I mean? All this vile and rah, rah, rah. I'm like, dude, do you want a cup of coffee or something, man? I mean, you know, let's go get some pizza, or even cauliflower pizza. Come on, man, let's, get, let's try to find some love here for one another. We, I remember when we were a kid, I was working down the beach. And this comes out every two or three years. My wife uh, loves when I talk about this. When we were a kid, there was this African-American preacher who had the best preaching voice I've ever heard in my life. And every Friday night, Rehoboth Beach, he'd walk up and down, um, is it Rehoboth Avenue? Was that what it was called? Rehoboth Avenue. And he would say, he would go like this, repent. Isn't that awesome sounding, right? For God is gonna pass judgment upon the world. And man, he would just go back and forth and he would talk about the evil stuff and, the, and, and all the stuff that's going in. And I'm watching this guy, I'm, much respect for the voice, much respect for his for, for him putting himself out there like that. But man, I don't know if he drew a whole lot of people that way feeling loved, yeah. you know? Maybe he felt a little judged. And I'm not judging him in saying that. What I'm saying is this, we're not gonna show people our faith by what we say. We're gonna show people our faith by what we do. Exactly. Number five, let's move faster because them hot dogs are cooking good right now. <laughs> Number five, loving each other is a mark, keyword, mark of Christian maturity. Uh, some of you may, may or not, but you recognize the Ixthus fish. It's kind of a fish-looking thing that, uh, I don't know if we have that to put up on the screen this morning. That is, that's called an Ixthus fish. And what that literally means is, in the Greek letters, it means Jesus Christ, God's Son, Savior, okay? Uh, what would happen early in Christianity, they were being persecuted a lot, and you had to be very careful who you would tell that you were a Christian because really your lives could be taken from you because of that, because it was, it was even, uh, even criminal in some different areas under the Roman Empire. So they, to mark each other, to, to identify with other Christians, they would take a stick or even in the foot, their foot, and they would draw on the dirt this little fish that would tell other people, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's son, Savior. And that's how they would mark themselves. Today, we have people that have marked themselves with jerseys and T-shirts and different things that they of different football teams that they like, different costumes and different things like that. It's all good. Uh, nothing but love to everybody in the room this morning. But it's interesting how when we really understand by the way that we love each other, it's really, it's, it's almost like an indelible, non-changing tattoo on your body. I'm not recommending this show. I caught a couple clips of it and it, can, it, can, it kind of gets a little racy, but there's a show on MTV, so therefore you know you shouldn't watch it about tattoos that you get people that you're mad at or something? Yes, if you, you've, oh, you can't believe you're talking. It's, it's raunchy, okay? I saw like one episode, I'm watching, it wasn't that bad. The second episode, I was like, whoa, sorry, Lord, I didn't know, you know? So I was watching it, and people were mad at each other, and they were like putting, they would choose the tattoo they would put on their friend or their ex-girlfriend or ex-boyfriend's body, and it was very telling. We'll just say that, it was very telling. And, and you know, the thing that made them so mad, if it was something really bad or mean, it's permanent, and tattoo removal is really, really brutal and painful from what I've been told. I haven't ever had that done. But it's a permanent mark, and, and, and 
if we understand something this morning about our relationship with Jesus Christ, we, 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 we carry a mark of maturity or immaturity in our life. People know that you're mature or immature in your walk with the Lord because of the way that you treat other people. You could be a flag-waving American and be super strong on one party and super strong on another party, but if you're not showing people that you love one another, that's, you're really being immature. Listen, I'm telling you, multiple calls, multiple, multiple calls all over the place came to me this week. What are we gonna do? We're, if, if this one doesn't win, we're gonna need to build a bunker. What are we gonna do if this one wins? The church is gonna be persecuted. That may not be the worst thing in the world to happen. Because maybe that would make us a little bit more serious about our faith. Fastest growing churches in the world today are not in the comfort, comfort of the United States of America. They're in third world countries and like China and places where the gospel isn't friendly because persecution does a lot to build a church. Because those people take Sunday and church very, very, very seriously. Because some of them, they put their lives on the line to go to an underground. And can you imagine that? Well, some of us will barely even come to church. I don't even want to go there this morning, so let's not do that, okay? That's not, that's not, that's not profitable. But here's the point. Loving each other is a mark of our Christian maturity. Jesus said in John 13, a new command I give to you. Here's a new command. It's not one of the 10. It's not one of the 660 that's in the New Old Testament. A new command I give to you, love each other. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everybody will know that you're my disciples. This is how people are going to know that we're his disciples. Not because we go to church, not because we have a Christian bumper sticker on our car, not because we even listen to Christian radio, not because we say nice things on Facebook. The way that people will know that we're believers is by the way that we love each other. Do people... Do other people in this world see you as somebody that's loving as kind? I'm not talking, listen, it's, I love church. It's a big love fest. We're gonna have a good time after church this morning, hanging out, talking, laughing at each other's kids. It's gonna be fun. We're gonna have a really, really good time. And the football game's not on until tonight, so we're not gonna be in a hurry to get out of here, which really works out good for those of you that, are, that, are, that care about that stuff, okay? But, but you know what's interesting to me? I wonder how people that don't know that we're saved view us. I got a neighbor I was mad at a couple weeks ago. Like I was ticked because they said something to me that was ugly. And I wanted to, I wanted to express myself. But does that represent Jesus Christ in a way that honors him? Does that draw that person to Jesus? Is, it, is that kind of what it means when it says, humble yourself in the eyes of the Lord and he will lift you up? Here's seven. These last couple are harder. Number seven. You want to use your voice? Here's number six, excuse me. I, 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 I skipped this. Number six. How many people knew I skipped number six when I said number seven? You people are awesome. Okay. Seven's closer to the end. Let me get six and I'll do it fast, okay? The goal of our instruction, the, when we instruct people, the goal is love. First Timothy 1.5, the goal of this command is love. It's pretty easy. Which comes from a pure heart, a, pure consci- a good conscience, and sincere faith. So what should we be using our voice for? Not to get scream and get mad about politics. We should be using our voice to draw people to Jesus. It's important to vote. God, listen, I, I guarantee you, no matter where you are on Tuesday night at midnight, I'm gonna be watching it. But I guarantee you, as surprised as I may, I may or may not be, God's not surprised. He knew who was gonna win Tuesday 6,000 years ago when he created the earth, Right? 
The goal of our instruction is love. Invite people to church, share your faith. Use your voice for that kind of positive impact on our world today. Number seven, pass love to other, not hate. Pass love, not hate. Matthew 24, verse nine. Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death and you'll be hated by all nations because of me. That's not really something we put out in front of our Christian statement, right? We don't say that as part of our purpose statement of a church. Yeah, hey, you've come to follow Christ. People are gonna hate you and you might even die for it. But come worship with us on Sunday, right? But this, this is what Jesus is saying in this passage here. He says, you'll be hated by nations because of me. At that time, Many will turn away from their faith and will betray and hate each other. There's gonna be false prophets that appear and they're gonna deceive people. Because of this increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. When, you know what happens? This is why we talked about in the beginning of pandemic, we use the verse, a lot of churches, a lot of pastors, a lot of, good, a lot of Christian people that know the Bible. So God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of, does anybody know that verse in 2 Timothy? I think it's 1.7. God didn't give us a spirit of love, but of, of, of fear, but of love. Somebody else tell me what it says. Love, power, and a sound mind. He gets first hot dog, whoever that was, okay? <laughs> love, so if God didn't, in, like if you have a spirit of fear, that's not from God. But what God does want to impart into you is a spirit of, right? Love, power, and of a sound mind. And he, here's, here's what happens. When you really reveal a lot about yourself when you get scared. You, you reveal a lot about your character because panic really shows the kind of, you know, the, the, the kind of person you are. In our home, in our marriage, it's interesting. I get panicky or upset about little things that are insignificant. Is that fair to say, honey? Okay. Just take, let's take that down a little bit. She, she was saying that loud so people online could hear her. That was the reason she said that. But man, if something big happens, I mean, it's like the whole world is gonna end for my wife. And then she gets even madder at me, maybe, because it doesn't bother me that bad. She, she gets upset that I'm not as upset as her. I can't believe you're not this mad about that. And I'm like, I can't believe you're not mad. The, the, the kids left a mess in the kitchen. She said, it doesn't matter. I said, well, that doesn't matter either. Yeah, it matters if the house is on fire. No, it doesn't. We have insurance. What's the big deal, right? So she'll get really upset at big things, and I'll get really upset at little things, and that's how we make it work, okay? It really works good for us. But you really do reveal a lot about yourself when you get in the panic mode, right? When, when you get, oh, what's happening? Like, if your house were on fire, I pray that never happens to anybody. We know people that have, that, that, that has happened to. And what do you do? You, you go in and save them. You try to get out of that house the things that are most important to you, right? You have kids, man, you gotta get the kids out. If you have important papers, you get that. If you have money stashed anywhere, you get that out. You know, you, 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 you go to what's most important to you. That reveals a lot because you're in panic. And if we're in panic, church, we're revealing a lot about ourselves. And what we need to have in our lives isn't panic. When people, listen, when other Christians, let alone other people that may not be Christians come up to you, what are we gonna do? Who's gonna win? I promise you, dozens of calls last week. What are we gonna do? What's gonna happen? What do you need to, does your response need to be, yeah, I'm really scared, because if that happens, it's gonna be awful. Right? That's what the world's telling us, church. And we gotta kinda give, we used to have a baseball bat in my dad's store for robbers. So my dad wouldn't let me have a gun when I was 16. <laughs> Philly people, right, Texans, right? If I'd have grew up in Texas, I would have had it in my diaper bag, right? But anyway, <laughs> so we had a bat. 
We had this bat that we kept behind a counter because we got robbed a couple times and we, we took a, an indelible black magic marker, wrote DBC on the bat. You know what that bat that DBC stood for? Dude, be cool. Right? If somebody, oh, give me all your money. We'd take out the DBC. Right? And if they wanted so we would take that DBC and we would just, you know, we would institute justice the way that we felt that the Lord was leading us to institute justice <laughs> on that because we didn't have a gun. Man, you really reveal a lot about yourself when you're panicking. And church, we can't be panicking. Don't be up all night Tuesday upset. You know what you should do Tuesday night? Watch this Netflix show about chess. That was, what was that called? The Queen's Gambit. It's about chess. Super boring. But you know what? It was, kind of, it was good. It was okay. It was kind of boring. And if there's any bad scenes in it, my wife fast forwarded it, but she recommended it. She wanted, you, she wanted me to tell you to watch that, okay? Don't get all caught up and get upset about it. Here's number eight. Show the world how to love even when you disagree with them. I'm gonna say that. I don't know if everybody heard that, okay? Show the world how to love even when you disagree with them. There are polar opposites of opinions in this election. Would you agree with that? I mean, New Hope is going crazy over their mayoral election, right? Crazy over that stuff. But you know what I'm talking about. And it's interesting to me that if somebody has a different opinion than you, that instantly means, I don't like you. I'm gonna go back to that Eagles game. I always do. <laughs> I did tell those guys, and I promise you, I, was, I, I may have been a little bit ugly when I said it. You guys need to shut up because you're making the rest of us look bad. Man, how many posts have you read that you kind of felt that about? right? Show the world you know how to love even when you disagree with them. People don't need to know that you disagree. People need to know that you love them. If you want to have a discussion, listen, if you want to talk to me about politics, let's, I'll go to lunch. I'll give you everything you want to know about how I feel about political stuff. I'm not going to do it here because I'm going to talk about Jesus. But I'm going to talk, I'll talk to you about any of that stuff, the way I feel about stuff. But I promise you, you can ask people in our church that have done this with me. If you feel different about things than I do, it's all good. I hugged three Dallas Cowboy fans this morning, okay? I did, I'm, but I'm serious, church. We ought not to hate people because they feel differently about stuff than we do. Because where's God in that? Second Timothy 3, it says this, but mark this. There's gonna be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, Boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, treacherous, rash, I don't know what kind of rash they're going to have, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure, rather than lovers of God, having such, listen to this, you ready, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. Where's God's power? It's in love. It says don't have anything to do with those people. And when it says don't have anything to do with those people, it's interesting. You know who they're talking about? It's not saying don't have anything to do with people that aren't saved. It's saying don't have anything to do with people that say they're saved and don't act like it. That's powerful. Number nine, discussing differences are, are the best opportunities to demonstrate love. Discussing differences are the best opportunities to demonstrate love. Kim and I went, ah, oh man, like almost 20 years ago to this marriage conference. We kind of got Jesus juked into going to this marriage conference weekend 
for pastors and pastor's wives. This, this guy who was a counselor, great guy. What was his name, honey? Great guy, great guy and his wife. <laughs> Apparently had a tremendous impact on one of us, right? Uh, uh, Don, Don what? Don Rooks, good job, okay? Not Don Juan, Don Rooks was his name. And, and we, we, were, we, we were in this thing and we were there to observe, to potentially support them financially, but he brought us there because he kind of knew that we needed to be there. So we were there and we're watching all these people and we were with like eight other couples and I'm telling you, of the eight other couples that were there, like six of them were like super jacked up. So they're telling their stories and Kim and I are like, man, we're awesome. Woo, messed up people. We need to support this ministry because we have this great marriage, right? And then, we, then, we, then some stuff kind of got real between us and then we learned some things about ourselves. We learned some things about our marriage and it was, it was a game changer for us. It really was. And I strongly encourage all couples all to do, have something like that in their life. Go to marriage counseling. It'll change your life, I promise you. But it was interesting because you know what Kim and I needed to learn how to do? We needed to learn how to disagree with one, each other, with one another and learn how to fight. Because you know what's okay? It's okay if we disagree with one another. It's okay if we have different opinions about stuff. Her job isn't to be uh, a, like, a, a, like a little Stepford wife that says, yes, because you said so, I believe it and everything's good. That's not what, no. He, he, I, I learned that day that I married her for her and I didn't need to make her more like me because you know what? I wouldn't want to be married to me. So I thank you for that, okay? But it's amazing how when we have differences, when, when there's differences, that gives us opportunities in, in our culture today to be angry with one another. But man, if you can have a healthy conversation and demonstrate love and demonstrate kindness and demonstrate patience and demonstrate understanding, and, de and listen, you can do so, you, you know what the, one of the greatest, and we have some professional counselors in our room, you know what the greatest attributes of a great counselor is? They know how to listen. They can get you to say stuff, but they know how to listen to you. And when we start listening a little bit and, and not getting mad at people for feel, I can't believe you feel that way. Ugh, you can't be a Christian if you feel that way. Ugh, we get upset about that. We have no context of what happened in their life, what brought them to this point in their life, and we're forgetting that we want them to be more like us instead of wanting them to be more like Jesus, but then we gotta turn that around and say, well, maybe I should be more like Jesus, who had people spit in his face, who dealt with all kind of hatred and false, he's listening to these guys telling them that he's a blasphemer, and he was their creator. And that's who I'm supposed to be like. Here's the last thing. God really spoke to my heart about this this week. And I hope this is something that, that'll happen in your life this morning. Because I made a commitment to the Lord this week and I wanna share with you and encourage you to do the same thing. I personally want to love people better. I don't, I don't think, I'm not elevating myself, church. If you know me, you know I'm not doing that but I know there's people in my life that I need to love better. Can I ask you a question with your heads up and your eyes wide open? How many of you have people in your life that you know that God wants you to love better than you do? Right? So will you commit to do the same with me today? Philippians 1.9, Paul says this, this is my prayer. Praying for his, the young believers that he won to Christ and he trained and discipled and set them free to be a, a, a healthy church. He said this to his brothers and sisters at the church of Philippi. This is my prayer for you guys, that your love would abound more and more 
in knowledge and in depth of insight that the centerpiece of your whole ministry wouldn't be about how great your music was. Well, it couldn't have been that because they didn't have sound systems back then. Could have been about production because they had no smoke machines and Facebook back then. But he said that the centerpiece of your church would people would look at your church and see your body as a whole. That church is filled with God's love. I want that to be said about my life personally, and I'm not there yet, but I want that to be said about our church as well. Hey, listen, will you be a positive voice this week? Love people that you have differences with and find ways. And listen, you don't need me to tell you how to do this because here's the thing. If you know Jesus Christ as your savior, he lives inside of you through his Holy Spirit. You're his temple. And God's gonna bring some HTLers into your life. I guarantee you that he's gonna do that. He's gonna bring people in your life. You're like, I can't, I mean, I can't. Brian's a lot easier to love than this guy over here. It's easy for me to love him. That's my buddy. It's easy for me to love Chris. Well, nobody else does. I love Chris. That's my friend, right? I love, it's, but God always brings people in my life to kind of make my, my get sweat under here a little bit. And it's not just people like that are, it's like family members and people that I need to go talk to and have healthy conversations with. And I'm trying to figure out how to do that. But God's just convicting my heart about it. And I pray that that'll happen in all of our lives on Tuesday. Listen, the world's not going to hell in a handbasket no matter what happens on Tuesday. God's in control, God is sovereign. And you know what? If we're in the center of his will, we can even celebrate it when we disagree with it. So that most important thing that comes out of your mouth this week, not be, yeah, my team won, Make the biggest thing that comes out of your mouth and out of your actions of your life be, hey, it's all good. Why don't you come to church with me on Sunday? We're gonna have a big time together. Can I pray for you and your family? Here's some food. Can I, can I encourage you? Is there, find a way to be an encouragement and demonstrate love to somebody this week. Get all that other stuff. It's important. Vote, do your civic duty, speak your voice. All that stuff is great, but just don't forget the one who's in control has never lost control and he's not gonna lose control. And that ought to comfort our hearts and help you to go to bed at nine o'clock on Tuesday night. I'm saying that to me first. Let's pray. Lord, we love you so much. Thank you for your word. Lord, it's hard. It's, 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 I, I know for, for folks that are in the generation that preceded mine, when they see some of the just morality and, and things that are happening in our world today and things that we justify and things that we just kind of say or okay happen. It just, it has to make them aghast. But we get caught up in this cultural thing of being an American, like it's as important as it is being a a child of God. Because I'm not better. Just because I'm American doesn't mean I'm better than somebody that's my age that was born July 12th, 1966, that lives in China. I'm not better than that guy or lady. We're in Cuba, we're in North Korea, we're in Iran, or Iraq, or any other country that we would say is not a friendly to the United States. This, this whole world and your kingdom is not, is not the governmental systems of our, of our current day, Lord. You're different. And people hated you because of that. And we've gotta be able to even love people that hate us. We, we could silence a lot of critics not by standing up for who we believe in and getting all 
boisterous and loud and, and obnoxious about it, but just by loving people that disagree with us. Because the most important thing is not, is not going to be who wins Tuesday. The most important thing is going to be who we influence to be a follower of Christ because of the way that we treated them. And God, I don't want to get in the way of your work. I want to be an instrument, a tool in your hand that, that's going to bring grace and peace and love into other people's lives. And I don't pray that for me because I'm anybody special. I pray that for our whole church, that we'd be a loving, kind, accepting, friendly, warm congregation, that we stand for what we believe in. But the most important thing that we believe in is Jesus Christ. So I I just want to ask, if you will, just for a moment with your heads bowed and eyes closed, I just want to pray over you this morning. How many people say, Pastor, pray for, some of this stuff makes me anxious, but I got other stuff in my life that's making me anxious as well. But just pray for me that I would be a good testimony for my neighbors, for my family members, for people in the community. No matter what happens on Tuesday, that people would see Christ's love demonstrated in me this week. If that's something you would let me pray over you about, would you lift your hand with me this morning all over the auditorium? God bless you. 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 Lord, you know our hearts. You know the barriers that we're going to face this week, you know, the challenges that we're going to stumble upon. And Lord, some of those are holy appointments that you're preparing other people for just as much as you're preparing us for. Help us to be ready to give an answer of the hope that lies within us with meekness and fear. Help us to love people unconditionally. Help us not to get afraid of what does or doesn't happen. Help us to know, Lord, our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. We love you, Lord Jesus, and thank you that we can put all our faith and trust in you. Father, bless our election. God bless the United States of America. May what happens on Tuesday give us greater opportunities to share with people Jesus Christ and take your gospel all over the world because we know your will is always going to be done. We ask you this today in Jesus' name, and everybody say it with me. We all agreed on that this morning. Come on with that action. Hey, we have an announcement video to show you, and we're going to have a good, a big time with Trunk or Treat. I think those that are doing trunks can go ahead and kind of start making their way out if you want to do that. But check this announcement video out. Hope we get the chance to visit with you outside. God bless you, church. Praying for you this week. Let's look at this video together real quick, okay?